This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist, and if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. Hello and welcome into Feeling Blue from the Block M Podcast Network. Here with you on Wednesday night, August 23rd, headed into Thursday, August 24th. And we are a week and a half from kicking off the Michigan football season. But college football does return here for week zero. Very much looking forward to seeing some action back on my TV. Luke Giardi joined by Tyler Seeley. Tyler, what's going on, man? Man, not much. I can't believe we're saying those words that college football is back on Saturday, I was just having a conversation with a friend and I'm just like, I don't care who's playing. I know it's Notre Dame and Navy, but like, I just, I'm, it's going to be exciting to wake up on Saturday morning. It's like, wow, college football's back. We've made it all this nonsense about the off season, the suspensions, the non-suspension conference realignment, all that is put aside for now. And we can actually talk about ball. Like that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. I don't know about you, man. Yeah, man, I'm I'm very much excited for that because we are going to have to talk about some of the other stuff here uh, today on on the show. But think about it. After this episode, man, we're going to be into game week, and and I'm very very much looking forward to that. Like you said, just just go ahead and getting it into it. You know, I agree with you a hundred percent. But unfortunately, we do have to start it off with. Yet another uh, twist and turn in the Jim Harbaugh versus NCAA saga here, Tyler, as uh, this whole thing has just been a cluster, man. Honestly, it's exhausting uh, to continue to, to have to talk about this. We thought we put it behind us. You go back. All right. Jim Harbaugh and the NCAA looks like they've negotiated a four-game suspension to begin the year. We talk about it then, and, and we discuss what it's going to mean. And then... Just a couple of weeks ago, we hear that, oh, wait, Jim Harbaugh and the NCAA, the deal has fallen through. It's not going to take place. Jim Harbaugh is going to be coaching the, the 12 regular season games on the Michigan sideline. And then last week, we hear that, no, uh, actually, it was was it earlier this week? Uh, Everything's it it together. Yeah. I think it was earlier this week, yeah. Two days ago. Yesterday. Yesterday, actually. Was it yesterday? Yep. Oh, my goodness, man. That is insane. Uh, but anyways, uh, that's that's how long this thing feels. Like, it, it feels like it happened forever ago. You know, it's just dragging and dragging and dragging. But we find out that Jim Harbaugh has been given a uh, self-imposed suspension by the university for the first three games here this year. All the non-conference games. So Jim Harbaugh now going from being suspended to not being suspended will be suspended. And and I hope that it's just over now, please. <laughs> yeah, you know, Luke, uh, I'll tell you one thing right now. I think that's wishful thinking. I think that this NCAA, as we know, 
is so goddamn incompetent that, you know, they're going to drag this on until next year. And, you know, he may not get suspended. It may be a situation where, you know, he gets these three games and maybe he gets a slap on the wrist and gets a game next year or doesn't get any games because of, of the litigation that's going to come out of this, I would say. Um, yeah, what a joke the NCAA is. I mean, we, we Joel Klatt said it on his podcast. A lot of people have said it. Um, Greg McElroy on his podcast. Well, it, it's just the the demise of the NCAA is close, I think. I don't know if it's just going to go away like poof, but, you know, the Reggie Bush news that came out today that he's suing the NCAA to, to get his stats back and his Heisman back. Like, what an absolute train wreck the NCAA has become. And this is just another example of how incompetent they are um, you have a kid, I, I believe it's, is it Florida State? You might have to correct me. But you have a kid that moved back closer to his family as a, a transfer. You're letting everybody transfer. This kid moves to get closer to his mom, who is ill. And the NCAA says, nope, you're not playing. Like, what a joke the NCAA has become. And that's just one example. We, there's a thousand we can talk about at another time. But they have just become an absolute disgrace. Well, I, I know I know what one you're talking about. I don't know exactly what school that is. Uh, I do disagree with you on that, though, because he already transferred once. You, you get a free transfer. Was that and, was that what it was? He yeah. So this right. is. Yeah. So he, this is his second trans. He transferred last year and now he's transferring uh, again. And I understand there's extenuating circumstances and and whatnot, but also important to remember, you get a free one, make sure to use it wisely, you know? So uh, that's, you know, that's that's definitely uh, part of it, though. I understand where you're coming from, because that's where it was before the free transfer rule, right? right? Like, they were handing out some waivers, they weren't handing out others. It was uh, it was an absolute mess. But yeah, man, I, I don't know. Like, I, I hope that, the reason Michigan did this because I'm a little disappointed that Michigan isn't just fighting this full blow, you know, like like we've seen uh, some other schools do, especially with the way the NCAA went about this publicly commenting on this case and and kind of throwing their own bylaws to the wind. Like like I feel like if you really wanted to fight this, you absolutely could. I would imagine uh, this this signals to me, though. Right, that that Jim Harbaugh definitely wants to be at Michigan as as the coach of the future, right? Like, because if he was just going to be leaving at the end of this year, and that was kind of the handshake deal, they're going to make a run in a national championship, and his plan was was to leave, retire, go to the NFL, whatever. Then you don't take the suspension here this year. You coach all the games, and you don't really worry about next year because he's got just like just like Pruitt at Tennessee right he's got a show cause and, and whatnot but that's not affecting Tennessee here this year un, under Hypel. um that would be the the case but what it says to me is hey let's self-impose this the NCAA won't tack on any more games next year we've got a big non-conference game with Texas I believe week two you know we don't want you suspended for that or fighting this thing uh, around then we want you ready to go for that game so it, i think part of me it says it, it signals there obviously no one can can say what the future is uh but i think that is one silver lining here i do wonder if jim harbaugh agreed to this 
Uh, and I hope it wasn't, you know, something that Ward just kind of did to soften the blow from the NCAA. But ultimately, I'm a little disappointed that Michigan isn't pushing back harder on on this because, quite honestly, it doesn't seem like the NCAA has anything. And that's why they've come out publicly multiple times surrounding this case. Yeah, and I agree with you 100 percent. I just uh, the one thing I will always say, Michigan tries to pride themselves as the leaders and best. And we're we're above any not not above any suspension, but above we're better than than to have our coach suspended. So we're gonna do it first and hope that the NCA um you know comes down on that suspension. I don't know if that's the case. Obviously, we don't we don't really know what the case is. And in fact, Pete Thamel and a lot of other writers have kind of suggested no, this is just Michigan hoping and praying that this is the situation. Um, the, the three games is enough. And then next year when the hearing happens or whenever the hearing happens after this season, um, you know, they'll, they'll be, uh, uh, the NCAA will go easy on them for a level one violation, which is absolute bullshit. I'm sorry. It just, the, for the fact of that, the, the violations that he did were very, very minuscule and minor. And the fact that they're, they're tacking that on as a level one violation because he, "Quote unquote lied about it," that just doesn't sit well with me. You see, you see SEC schools doing shit all the time. You see, um, you know, schools like bigger schools, Ohio State, doing stuff like not specifically this, but they don't get caught. Sometimes they do, obviously. But you, you just saw the Tennessee. Tennessee got off easy compared to what you know to situation. It just. It doesn't. It's they're very inconsistent. I guess is the best way to say what I'm trying to say. They're just, they're just very inconsistent with their suspensions and stuff like that. Well, well, the Tennessee thing. Tennessee is a program got off easy, but like Jeremy Pruitt didn't, right? No, like, no, he like did he's not, got yeah. he's got a show cause, and and that's kind of the the apples to apple comparison is what what's going on with Jim Harbaugh versus uh, the the coach there. But but again, to your point here, man, to to make this a level one violation because you believe he lied, you have to come with some proof that he lied to you, you know. And, and obviously, I they don't seem to have that. Uh, we'll see what the what the coi says next year uh but if if they do do this self-imposed suspension and the ncaa still tries to make an example man i i bet we see some litigation you know what i'm saying yeah. uh it's it, it it's gonna get messy i doubt the ncaa do- wants that you just mentioned the reggie bush thing man there i feel like they're getting getting kind of attacked from all angles here you know and and i'll be honest with you so i like the idea of the NCAA, right? Yeah, like, of course. Like you need a a governing body to make sure everyone is playing by the same set of rules in, in competition. But like you said, it's it's kind of the incompetence of the NCAA that is that is the issue here. It's it's the fact that they are inconsistent. Uh, the the fact that they kind of back down uh, a lot of the times, uh, especially to say SEC schools and, and things like that, unless they have concrete evidence like they did with Jim Tressel that he lied and knowingly lied uh, about the situation. Like the NCAA, they, they try to show their teeth and then they ended up backing down. They, I mean, it, it is, it's a lot of inconsistencies. It's a lot of horrible rulings that go against common sense. The idea of the NCAA is, is a great, great thing, but, the practicality of it, man, has just uh, really come under fire over the last decade or so, and rightfully so. 
Yeah, and I'll tell you what, you know, them them hiring Charlie Baker, uh former the governor of Massachusetts, now the uh the president of the NCA. Uh, I think a lot of that has to do with some of the lit- litigation and, and stuff like that that may end up happening. Uh, because just think about it, like the way everything is operating, NIL is operating different in different states. You know, there's just different things like certain things are illegal in certain states. Like it's just there's not one uniform for NIL. There's not one uniform for transfer portal. Like there's just a lot of different issues and I'll tell you what, I wouldn't want to be Charlie Baker because th- that's a hard job right now. Yeah, you know, you Mark Emmert had it easy. He didn't have to do a goddamn thing. And, and he still screwed it up. And he still screwed it. Exactly. So I don't know, man. They're getting sued from all different directions. Um, the the Supreme Court basically told them that they couldn't they, you know, that they couldn't profit off of or sorry that there was no such thing as amateurism and that players were allowed to get paid. So that was the NIL situation there. I just, I can't take a corporation seriously that prides themselves as a nonprofit. I remember doing a a project in late high school about the NCAA. And the first thing I saw, it was like, it's a nonprofit organization. I'm like, are you fucking kidding? There's no way. There's no way they're not making money off of this. And of course they are. So I don't know. They're just a joke. And and again, like I said, this Harbaugh situation is another example of it. I don't know where it goes from here, though. Um, it, it's it's very similar to like a deflate gate where you just don't think it's that big of a deal. But like everybody else, for some reason, does. Like I heard people on ESPN radio talking about it and stuff like that. I'm just like are you serious? We're going to go to the ends of the earth to try to bring Jim Harbaugh down. It's also what's actually really funny about the whole situation is when people say it's not over a cheeseburger and and even the NCAA came out and said that, right? But the level one violation is quite literally over a cheeseburger because the NCAA is claiming that Jim Harbaugh is lying about paying or not paying for said cheeseburger at the end of the day that's what all of this boils down to is a, a cheeseburger. there cheeseburger? are other level there are other level two infractions don't right. get me wrong but but michigan has admitted to those the analyst uh coaching you know the the zoom workout stuff like michigan's been very forthcoming surrounding those level two violations what this entire thing centers around is if jim harbaugh paid for a goddamn cheeseburger and whether or not he he lied about doing so. That's what this entire thing is seriously about. That's not a joke. That's not hyperbole. It's literally about a cheeseburger. And it's ridiculous. It's it's very similar to the whole Brady thing. Did he deflate the balls? Did he not deflate the ball? Did it really make that much of a difference? Right. Does Jim Harbaugh buying a recruited cheeseburger make that much of a difference? A $10 cheeseburger? I mean, come on, man. You know, there's the NCA has a lot bigger fish to fry than this. And they're the fact that they're going to die on the vine of Jim Harbaugh buying a recruit a cheeseburger is just absolutely ridiculous. Well, we, we know that he won't be on the sideline for the first three games, but I, I don't think it's going to make all that much of a difference. Real quick, though, are you a fan of an NFL team? Would you like to attend your favorite team's week one game? Well, you're in luck, fans. First Sports Network is giving away four free tickets to the week one NFL game of your choice up to $5,000. And the rules to enter 
are real simple. All you got to do is go to contest.fansfirstsports.com. Contest.fansfirstsports.com. Fill out the appropriate information. That's it. Once you're done, you've been officially registered to win the four free tickets to any week one NFL game. What are you waiting for? Go enter for your shot at seeing your favorite team in action. Contest ends September 4th. So head on over to contest.fansfirstsports.com. Well, Tyler, like we mentioned here, uh, Jim Harbaugh not going to be on the sideline for the first three games, but East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green. I mean, at the end of the day, I think this is going to be a big motivating factor uh, for this team. I think they're pissed off and they really want to shove it to the NCAA and everyone. And I think they're going to use it as a fuel. And it it, it might give a, a little opportunity to, to some of the coaches on the staff without the big man being there. Yeah, I don't think it's going to matter. I mean, you could put me and you out there as, as the coach and – as the quote-unquote head coach out there for for East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, and to some extent Rutgers, I believe, too. I think Rutgers is a bottom-two team in the Big Ten Conference. Um, I don't think they're going to be very good either. So um, I would I would say even those four. But, you know, in this case, it is three games. So East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, I mean, you could put us out there, and I think we'd win those games just because of the athletes that Michigan has. Jim Harbaugh gets to coach during the week, just doesn't get to go to the game, doesn't get to coach during the game. So, I mean, I I don't think it's that much of a, a big deal. And also, I do agree with you 100%. I would not want to be East Carolina, UNLV, and to a bigger extent, Bowling Green with the new LED lights at the big house. You're going to be getting some tan for the, from those lights if you're Bowling Green because I don't think Michigan's going to stop scoring in that game. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you outside that I'd probably be worried if I were them. Rutgers coming to town in week four, and that is going to be the first game back. I mean, Jim Harbaugh is from the fan base is going to be made a martyr for this. He's going to be coming back to the sidelines, and that place is going to be electric like, yeah, he served his suspension. Michigan's three and zero. Let's put it behind us and let's go win some football games. You know, yeah. Um, you, you, we we kind of made this comparison earlier. I did the Tom Brady situation. I actually went to the the first game after Deflategate in Cleveland, and you know the Patriots fans traveled so well. I agree with you one hundred percent. The big house is going to go nuts for, for Jim Harbaugh. You know, there's going to be chanting of Jim Harbaugh chants and, you know, just stuff that you've never probably going to be some F the NCAA chance, you know? Yeah, I'm sure there'll be a little bit of that, even even in the East Carolina game, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I mean, I know Jim Harbaugh, you know, is definitely pissed about this. You know, you can obviously hasn't showed much but you can tell he's definitely got to be miffed about this especially the fact that he's like you know what i don't remember even if he did do it i don't remember screw you i'm not telling you yeah man it it, but i I did like his quote he said you know i'm just like i tell my kids don't get bitter get better uh and that's that's kind of the attitude that this team has and that's what i'm uh, i I very much like about the culture that has been built post-pandemic uh here within shed blackler halls yeah, and it's such a Jim Har. It's a, such a Jim Harbaugh quote too. Don't get bitter, it get is bitter. right. Yeah, don't test positive. Wait, what was it? Test. 
What's that? Uh, looking it up. It was uh, was it test negative, play positive, or something like that during the, during the COVID situation? Yeah, just a very yeah. Jim Harbaugh kind of uh, quote. So I appreciate stuff like that, and that's kind of what makes Jim Harbaugh Jim Harbaugh. That I, I think the most Harbaugh quote in, in the world was the uh, "If worms had machine guns, birds would be scared of them." <laughs> I love the um, play with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. I love also that. Great. The fact he, that they he have still, that. He That's still rocks one. with that one, too, you know? He does. He does, absolutely. So, yeah, like, like we talked about, Michigan, uh, first three games without Jim Harbaugh. But then, uh, you know, you taking a look just real quick, not really deep diving uh, the, this schedule right now, taking a look at the first half, Rutgers at Nebraska at Minnesota uh, is your first half of the season. It obviously it, it sets up real well. You take a look at East Carolina. They're going to be really young uh, coming into the, to the big house. I think five returning starters on offense. We'll probably get more into them uh, a little bit here next week. UNLV Bowling Green uh, probably going to be overmatched. Rutgers, an interesting one, though. Because Rutgers has actually played Michigan surprisingly well under Greg Schiano. Uh, you go like last year, Rutgers was actually leading at halftime before Michigan absolutely mauled them in the second half. I was at half. that game. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, because you well, you're right over there in Massachusetts. You know, probably uh, not not too far to make it up to New Jersey. Um, but then of course, uh, the the year before that, 2021, right? Like Rutgers had the ball with uh, a minute 30 to go, and they were down 20 to 13 before the uh, the strip sack and the fumble recovery from uh, Junior Colson. You know, and so and and then obviously in 2020 uh, was the big comeback from Cade McNamara, the missed field goal from Rutgers, and saved that uh, hell of a lot of embarrassment, and probably saved Jim Harbaugh's job. So. I'll be honest with you, you know, as much as, you know, we, we like to say Jim Harbaugh coming back and uh, that place is going to be rocking. Rutgers under Greg Schiano has actually played Michigan pretty tough. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I don't think Rutgers is a great team this year. I think no, I think no. they'll probably be a bottom three team in the Big Ten. They'll probably come back to the mean a little bit. All right, so, yeah, you know, Rutgers has played Michigan tough over the last, you know, couple of years. The 2020 game we all we talked about already. But the 2021 one, I remember being at a wedding and just someone told me that Michigan lost the game. I'm like, what? Like my my girlfriend at the time's like, you you're not looking at your phone right now. This is a very important wedding. And then you know, I finally saw that they won the game, so I was happy about that. But in terms of last year's game, I mean, I was actually in attendance for that game, and Mike Barrett, where they they were losing the game at halftime, I think, and a couple uncharacteristic Jake Moody missed field goals in that game. So, yeah, Greg Schiano's played Michigan very tough over the last couple of years. So we'll see what happens. I think Rutgers is a pretty bad team, but again, it doesn't really matter, especially you know in the Big Ten where it seems like not everybody can beat anybody, but. You know, if they gave you that tough of a game in 2021, they could probably do the same thing. So, yeah. And, and then the, the next week, you got to go to Lincoln. Matt Rule in his first year, some new energy in that Nebraska program. Uh, they, they're returning some solid pieces uh, on the offensive line. A couple of really good running backs as well. Uh, Michigan, obviously, I, I think a, a lot more talent on the roster. But making that trip down to Lincoln, man, the 2021, they were lucky to escape with a victory there. You know, coming up with, with the big <laughs> fumble, just ripping it away from Adrian Martinez. Uh, it was, uh, you know, you go back to that 21 year and it was just 
a lot of a lot of weird kind of kind of going up. That's a tough place to go in and and get a victory. Like I I don't think that it's it's necessarily a trap game or anything like that. But one you got to be ready for it if you're Michigan. Cause that's your first road test of the year. Yeah, there's back to back, right? You know, you got Nebraska, then you got the Minnesota, you got yeah. PJ Fleck, row the boat, all that. But um, yeah, Nebraska, that was a tough game in 2021. I mean, it took what the last play of the game, Adrian Martinez fumbled. I forget, was that Mike Bar- Barrett too that, that ripped that away, or was that Dax Hill? I forget who it was, but regardless yeah. of the situation, that was uh, you know, a it is a tough place to play, and especially if it's a night game somehow. Is that going to be your your NBC night game that you get? And if that's the case, you know, Matt Rule in his first year gunning for, for his quote-unquote signature win, I mean, that's, that's, that's a hornet's nest to go into. I know Nebraska hasn't been good in what feels like 20 years, but it does not matter that – I've always been one of those people that say, you know what, respect your opponent. You're playing on the road, especially that's going to be one hell of an environment that they're going to walk into. And you know what, if you go up 21, nothing, then obviously the environment doesn't mean shit, but um, you know, that that's, that's definitely a game that I look at like, okay, you should win the game, but that doesn't mean you're going to win the game. Yeah, and then, like you said, the very next week, got to travel to Minnesota, man, play for the the little brown jug. And, you know, Minnesota, they, they've they lost a bit. I, I think they're going to be a, a little down compared to where they were a year ago. But that's, that's still a, another road test for you. But, you know, Michigan, as they proved, they went into some hostile environments last year. Obviously, everyone remembers Ohio State, but remember the Iowa game? They went down, they scored immediately just with precision on their opening drive and really controlled that game uh, throughout. Um, I think, you know, that, that they were really prepared for, for a lot of their road games uh, a year ago. And I'm expecting to see even more of that this year, but those are, are two pretty tough games back to back. Now the, the team quality that they're playing isn't necessarily great, but two tough environments to go into. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, you know, Minnesota will probably be a little bit better than Nebraska. I don't, I don't know exactly where Nebraska will be, but I'm sure they will be towards the middle to bottom of the big 10 West. Um, but yeah, I mean, Minnesota, PJ Fleck, row the boat, all that good stuff. Like I, I can't, I don't want to jinx anything, but I can't see a Michigan team going in there to a down Minnesota program. And I'm sure that won't be a night game. Cause you're not going to have back to back. So either that one's a night game or the Nebraska one's a night game, or maybe you, you get lucky and you get both noon games at three 30. So regardless of the situation, you're going on the road to Minnesota playing for the little Brown jug. It's a tough game. I mean, can you win that by 35? Maybe. Uh, is it likely? Probably not. I think, I think the situation is, is one of Nebraska and Minnesota is a tighter game than you expected. Um, so think of, we just talked about it a little bit ago. Think of Rutgers in 2021, a yeah. one score game late. And then, you know, maybe it's a situation where you pull away late, but yeah, no question about it. That first half though, going to be much, much easier than that. than that second half, no question Well, you would, you've got the Michigan state game, the Penn state game, the Ohio state game, but definitely hopefully those first six weeks, uh, after that, as we know uh, from what it sounds like, especially on the offensive line, camp battles are going to continue into the regular season. But hopefully by then, uh, we- we've got pretty solid starter set, and you know health is is going to be the major issue with this team as well, or not issue, but the 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 major 
uh, thing that you're looking for, right? Like a couple of injuries could derail what, what you're hoping is a national championship season. And, you know, hopefully this, this team continues to stay healthy. Let me ask you something. So I heard this uh, a couple times on Twitter, and then I've also heard this from one of my Buckeye friends. He said that Michigan is built to beat Ohio State, and Ohio State is built to win national championships. What do you think of that? I, I can see where he's coming from uh, when he says that, right? Because that's been the big thing. Michigan has has tried to build something that can counter Ohio State because you, you're you probably not going to out Ohio State, Ohio State if you're Michigan, right? But they've found a way uh, to, to be bigger and better up front on the offensive line and be able to run the football when Ohio State knows you're going to run the football and and make timely passes and things like that. Ohio State recruits at an elite enough level to where they're playing, you know, uh, with that spread offense and uh, in offense and weapons, be able to attack Georgia, attack Alabama. So I I understand where it's it's coming from, but it doesn't really mean a damn thing if you can't make it out of the Big Ten, you know, nope. at this nope. point. And obviously, Ohio State's had plenty of success making it out of the Big Ten prior to the last couple of years. But now moving forward, as you project that, is this is that style of play going to be enough knowing where Michigan is at, where you're spending your recruiting? Yeah, you're getting all these five-star receivers and whatnot, but Michigan's shown an ability to, to be able to play that bend-but-don't-break sort of style you know, uh, against you. And they've got enough athletes and they develop well enough on that defensive side to where all of a sudden, you know, it, it feels like the, the the rivalry has shifted a little bit in Michigan's favor. Yeah. And I think what what's unsaid in that, in that statement that Michigan is built to beat Ohio state, but not to win, beat, not to win national titles, but Ohio state is built to lose to Michigan, but to win national titles. I think what's not said there. If Michigan doesn't beat Ohio State, they don't get to the Big Ten title. They don't get to the playoff. Ohio State doesn't beat Michigan. They still have a shot at the playoff because of the players that they have. And and again, you know, you saw it last year. They Marvin Harrison doesn't get hurt in that game. We might be talking about an Ohio State national championship. I know. Yeah. And I hate to say that as a Michigan guy and, you know, as you as a Michigan guy as well. But, you know, that's that's kind of where it happened. And Georgia ended up winning the national title, as we all know. But. It's interesting to say we can put a pin in the conversation, but it's certainly interesting. I think the proof will be in the pudding if Michigan gets matched up with an Alabama or they get matched up against uh, Georgia or something like that in the playoff. Yeah, well, we've got game week next week. I'm excited to just get this thing rolling, oh, man. man. We'll probably deep dive uh, East Carolina next week for you on the show. Take a look ahead to that uh, season opener at the Big House coming up September 2nd. Tyler, where can we find you on social media? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at SealDog91. All right, you can find me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Make sure to follow uh, wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe, rate, leave a review. We love to hear from you as well. We love uh, your support as well. We got a lot of great shows coming up here on the Block M Podcast Network. Pick'em Pod begins this week. Look out for that on Friday. Uh, we're going to be having some fun all college football season long. For Tyler Seeley, I'm Luke Yardy, and we'll see you next week on Feeling Blue.